0: Hello, and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast for the Tessel refugees, orphans, and scavengers. In this episode, Mark and DBN get back into it by talking a little bit about what they've been playing, what they're looking forward to playing, and what's actually going on in the land of Tessel. And welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast for the Tessel pilgrims and refugees in, <laughs> search, in search of a new game, wandering lost in the desert, uh, hoping hoping to find their way to an oasis. And me and DBN are here to help guide you to your next digital collectible card game oasis. My name is Mark and I'm one of the co-hosts here at Legend Cast and with me tonight I of course have Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, how you doing man
1: I'm doing all right doing all right I, I actually came down with a little bit of a cold over the last couple of days uh, which delayed all of my YouTube content which was uh, frustrating because I I mean today I was able to get some done which was awesome but uh, yesterday my throat hurt too much I was just like Ugh, I'm not going to do this uh, and anytime you get behind on YouTube content people start messaging you like hey uh are you gonna drop a video and i'll be like yeah i'm just really sick <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh but yeah no it's it's uh it's getting better now i'm on the upswing which is great I'm starting my new job next week which i'm very excited and thankful for um and yeah i mean life is life is good life is good that's good
0: man mm-hmm. yeah we i was just talking uh off of air um before we started recording um you're starting your your new job next week i mm-hmm went back to school this week and so life has been full but we're in 2020 it's an olympics year it's an election year for the united states and it's the year that every elder scrolls legends player will be looking for a new game to play (laughs) it's a big year for a lot of us a big year for a lot of us we're going to talk a little bit tonight about the fact that really tesla isn't dead uh it's still actually honestly in many ways i think i've had more fun with tesla since the announcement than i was having before the announcement and that isn't a comment on the caliber of player right now um but the a comment on the new cards that they released yeah um but before we dive into that we took a couple of week break um we got the tesla news we made episode 25 uh, sort of announcing kind of like where we were um feeling a little burnt you know i don't know that both of us were completely charred, but certainly a little bit crispy on episode twenty five mm-hmm. um, d b n have you found that um some of that crispiness has subsided with the last couple of weeks off, or you still you still feeling a little bit
1: crispy. I stand by everything i said <laughs> um, i i don't I stand by all of what I said about well, why things failed. I think it's one of those things like when you've connected with a game so heavily for so long. I mean, I think when the game gets shut down and you kind of have that feeling of loss and betrayal, I mean, I think you kind of in a way go through a mini you know group stage of grief, you know what I mean, and sure. uh, I think like I am at the acceptance point now, and so it's not it's not as big of a deal. and I mean, I've still played some TESL, not admittedly as much. um Although I did play in a tournament for the first time in forever, it's funny that it takes Tesla dying to make me say, "Oh man, that's right, tournaments are fun. maybe
0: maybe i should try one of those guys maybe i should try one of those local those those tournaments out exactly
1: yeah yeah and we'll talk about i was before i was just trying to cast them and i was like nah i don't i don't need to play you know that's what those guys do but now it's like well who cares
0: (laughs) so over christmas and new year's did you get a chance to take a little bit of a break um and just catch a breather away from content creation away from tassel away from reddit which hopefully everybody for the christmas holiday gave themselves a break from reddit uh
1: well considering i almost never look at reddit uh that was easy yep nailed yep. it check Continue that one that off. Break. new
0: year's resolution mm-hmm. there we go yeah
1: um but no i actually didn't take a break off of content creation i had videos all through christmas and new year's um it was only like right at, after new year's when i started getting a little sick That I I took a little break, but um, no, I mean, I I was playing games and I, but it was all for like a, I I managed to get ahead uh, over Christmas, right? Like I dropped a video on, I, I dropped a video on Christmas and Christmas Eve, but it was like, because I scheduled them ahead. And that's one of the things like, if you, if you want to do YouTube guys, here's the easy tip. Try to get ahead if you know you're going to go out of town, and then you could be that cool person who actually does post on the holiday. Uh, I actually got more views than I expected on the holiday because I think not a lot of people did post. They took those weeks off, and I didn't. And I I really did take the, the week off. I just did the work ahead of time and scheduled the videos. And frankly, admittedly, like, card game gameplay videos are not hard to edit and put together once you have a rhythm. Uh, So I was able to get ahead on that. But yeah, no, I mean, I was able to play a lot of games to recharge the battery, though. I was just playing goofy, stupid stuff, you know? (laughs) Sure,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, we even got a chance to chat uh, just before the Archon tournament. Um, You got a chance to play, and then I got a chance to cast, Mm -hmm. and even got to mess around with some goofy decks, prepping and getting ready for that. One of which I've been playing uh, the last couple of days quite a bit, which was that little reanimator deck. That we ended up sort of combining our our two decks and coming up with a reanimator deck together. It ended up being it's a tremendous amount of fun to play, Mm -hmm. Um, and and I've personally been been really enjoying it. Uh, Over the holiday break, I got a chance to really take a break. Um, It was nice, you know, having a weekly podcast is a a really fun thing actually. Um, But there is a certain element in which when it goes from I'm just going to record this from you know kind of like whenever I want to, okay, I'm putting out weekly content. There becomes almost like this this feeling like a bit of a job right it moves from (laughs) it moves from creative outlet to obligation and um it's nice to get a break from that because it's sort of I, i missed it right and i wasn't really missing recording the show leading up to episode 25 but um while we haven't been recording the past couple of weeks because of the holidays i have i've missed it and so it's been really great to it's great to be back and great to you know do a little bit of recording again. Um, one of the, the major blessings of Christmas, um, I mean, we had, we had a really great, great, great holiday. It was the first Christmas that my wife and I didn't wake up somewhere other than our house, right? So we've always gone to my in-laws and spent the night at their or my parents' house. But this year, we spent the night at our house and got to wake up on Christmas morning with the kids, um, which was a really cool thing. But as an extra bonus after christmas i was able to splurge and get a post christmas gift and upgrade some pc parts um which has allowed me um to stream and uh run uh, eso and some other games um without like absolutely melting my computer um and so you know new motherboard new processor lots of ram um all that stuff so it's been cool i don't really have time to stream but uh, I've, I've dabbled around in a little bit and, and really been enjoying that. Um, even got a chance to pull up some Legends and stream a little bit of Legends over the break, um, which I got a chance to sort of like hang out with, with some folks during that. And um, that's probably the coolest part of streaming I'm finding is that you just, if you just get a chance to sort of, I'm going to be playing this game anyway, let's throw my face up on the screen and see if anybody wants to come and hang out. Um, yeah, yeah. That seems to be the way that it, it's going to work for me because there's no way at this stage in life i can you know create a consistent schedule and if i did right i think streaming quits being a creative outlet and starts becoming a job or yeah it can for
1: sure yeah now before we before we move further um since we're talking about christmas and stuff like that uh let me ask this question uh what was the favorite your favorite gift you received and the favorite gift that you gave so we'll do that. I feel like this is just fun things people might be amused by.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. That's great. Um, That's that's like a hard – I mean, the computer parts don't really count, right? Like they're no, they do the not most, count. They're mm-hmm. useful, but they were like – it was a Christmas present because it was some money that we got from my in-laws. Mm-hmm. But um, from my wife, who was probably the coolest gifts that I got. So my wife – and it it's kind of a tie. My wife got me a piece of artwork by Ryan Lockett. Um, who is the board game owner and designer of red raven games he does all the artwork all the board game design all the sculpting all the graphic design all the publishing all by himself and he has made um my favorite games that my wife and i both love playing together and we recently backed his sleeping gods kickstarter will be coming here in may and so um that was a really sweet gift and my wife also got me the ninja coffee bar um which i'm not It's a it's this sick you know what Ninja is right they make like sick blenders or something um so there's a coffee bar that makes like loose leaf tea and like all these different sizes of coffees it literally dude it's so high tech it checks your altitude when you register it so it can set the boiling temperature right
1: gosh that's
0: crazy it has a frother on the side it makes like this version like this condensed stuff that's almost like espresso so you can make like mochas and lattes and stuff so I've been making like mocha's caramel lattes uh it makes iced coffee cold brew coffee so i made some like um like a like a iced caramel macchiato um the other day so there's some (laughs) that that's been like useful and i didn't even think that i would like it because i'm the type of person like don't get me something useful don't get me clothes don't get me something with a plug unless it's like a sick electronic um and so you know my wife getting me this coffee bar she was a little nervous about it but it, it turned out to be really really sweet um for in terms of a the gift, probably the most expensive gift that I gave is I gave my wife um a anniversary band um which is basically a ring to go on the other side of your engagement ring so it's typically like wedding band engagement ring this is like a a golden ring with like di- little diamonds in the band that go on the other side of it. We surprised her with that I thought that I surprised her, but the I hit it on a new credit card that I opened, which I don't own a credit card for a whole bunch mm-hmm. of reasons so that I don't get in debt. Um, but because my wife is great with money, I have a perfect credit score credit to her. And uh, and so I got this credit card and hit it on this credit card. I was going to pay it off after Christmas. And the credit card invoice came in the mail uh, two days before Christmas. So she, oh, knew, no. she knew that I had done it. But, uh, <laughs> but I, and I didn't want her to be mad. My wife's like a mad budgeter. But uh, I, I ended up putting it with a note that it was from our daughter's. And have my daughter, Brooklyn, surprise her with it and give it to her, which Aww. made it so, you know, like she can't turn it down then, right? Because it'll make mm. my daughter, do- make, make yeah. it to your This <laughs> uh, is a Smart. super sneaky way to get that over budget gift in. Um, So I don't, that may have been the best, maybe it may been the best game, uh, gift that I got. I got my brother a beard straightener.
1: Um, oh, I've seen, I for the first time I've seen, I mean, I guess I probably shouldn't have one. Look at this nasty ass beard, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, my brother is growing a two-year
0: beard. It's about down to his chest right now. Oh um, gosh. It's this enormous, his his beard is bright. It's like a bright red. He has brown hair, but he has a bright red. That's like, cool. When he has to work, he works at like a meat market. He has, to, he has to roll it up like a scroll and tuck it inside of a beard net. <laughs> Otherwise it won't fit. And he can't even use a beard net anymore. It's so big. He has to use a second hair net. One goes over his ears. One goes under his ears. Oh my and he God. rolls his beard into it like a scroll, which is that's hilarious. freaking epic. So I got him a beard straightener. I thought that was creative and cool. But That uh, is
1: cool. That is cool. I saw one of those for the first time the other day. I was like, oh, that's neat. I didn't yeah. know. I should have guessed that they made it. You know, they make lots of things now. But sure. That they make cool. everything. Yeah. I mean, so, think of something that could be made. It's been made. It's, you know. <laughs> yeah, they have it. You can buy it. It's on yeah. Amazon. You can have it in two days. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> unless you're one of our European listeners, and then you probably can't. Um yeah. <laughs> Okay. So, DBN, what about you? Uh, best gift you gave. Best gift you received. Um. Well, I think the
1: best. I, I received a lot of really cool personal gifts, uh, which was nice. Uh, I think the one I was most excited for, in a mostly utilitarian way uh was uh, I, I got climbing shoes from my parents my parents are very supportive of athletic endeavors mm. and i i um I, I like to refer to myself as a sporty nerd right so i'm a nerd first but i also like sports and doing things outside and i'm not an elite athlete or anything you know i did i played uh ultimate frisbee at d1 school which for what that's worth right i mean it's but I was never like the elite athlete, but I love doing sporty things. So I'm a sporty nerd and my parents are very supportive of, you know, when I get like hooked on something new, you know, sporty wise, my mom, especially is like, Oh, we should support that. So they heard that I'd started going, uh, bouldering, you know? Okay. Uh, and I, I just, just loving it, you know, but I was renting, getting rental shoes every time I'd go. And it's not expensive to get rental shoes. It really isn't. You know, but no, you uh, just get athlete's foot real easy. <laughs> well, you wear socks. <laughs> you know, but uh, I mean, it's, just like, it's just like a bowling alley. You know, but uh-huh. you got to wear socks. But anyway, so they so they got me some climbing shoes, some really nice climbing shoes, and I've been going because I mean, I and at this point I go twice a week. You know, and it's been a really fun thing because all of my close friends have been doing it too. So nice. it's just been a nice way to kind of get a good workout, especially in the winter when ultimate frisbee is way less appealing to. Play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I gave my father a book that I really like, which is called *The Name of the Wind* by uh, Patrick Rothfuss. It's a fantasy novel that I think is just absolutely incredible. Um, and I, when I, I had a job at one point, um, and uh, I own the book too, and I've read it since. But um, uh, I, I, I get, I've probably given this book to like three people now because of how much I love it and how like. I think it's very it's a very personal book for me because I I listened to an on audiobook for the first time when I had a job that I absolutely hated, yeah. um, and it's kind of the only thing that kind of got me through the days about like without being just miserable, uh, and so I really enjoy it. And uh, anybody who's you know who likes fantasy should definitely check out *Name of the Wind*. Um, it's an incredible book, uh, a little long but really good and exciting. Different. It's very different from a lot of fantasy. It's not like a giant not like a guy waving a sword around rescuing princesses and slaying dragons. It's way le- way more um, subdued, but but no less exciting and interesting. So definitely check it out.
0: Very cool. But I gave that to my
1: dad. He he and I share a lot of the similar, you know, he's the nerd of the of the family. You know, I got my nerdy stuff from my dad and I got my sort of more sporty stuff from my mom. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cool very cool way man i'm glad that you had a great christmas and a great new year's and of course you know dbn and i have been talking on and off back and forth kind of through the holidays um talking a little bit about what we wanted to do with the show um and kind of where things were going but uh so we've both been playing Tesla, and um because you know it's hard to break an old habit and i don't think uh, like i said earlier in the show i've been really surprised i don't know about you but um i know that i've Actually, really thoroughly enjoyed the time that I've spent on Elder Scrolls Legends recently, and and that could actually be because like I didn't get to rank four last month, so I'm down at like rank (laughs) seven. I got climbed back up to seven right now, and maybe there's a little bit more fun down there because I don't think I've been at rank seven since my second month of playing the game a couple of years ago. Um, I've -hmm. I've I've always been able to just chunk up to, to rank four to make sure I didn't drop below five, um, pretty much always. Uh, so you know, my first time down there in a while, but I, I don't know, I've been having a great deal of fun. There's some, uh, some of those cards that I still haven't even experimented with that they put out. It's kind of, it's a little bittersweet because honestly some of these new cards I think have actually impacted the meta in a really positive way. Um, and in a way that I have found to be fun and enjoyable and a little less predictable, but not like, I'm not, I'm not seeing constant invade. Um, so, I don't know it, it seemed it seems as all almost as though the game isn't in a really bad spot right now. The game's actually meta wise in a pretty good place. Um, and uh, you know you you have some pretty meta staples still, but um I think it was in a pretty good place and I've been enjoying the game. so I've been playing a little bit of reanimator. I've been playing some all married Dominion um, with the new guy and with the with the market. I've been playing some Empire token messing around with that. I played some shouts uh Shout Archer shout dragon archer the other day because now I've, I've crafted basically every dragon in the game so just slotted them all in there and went to town <laughs> with a with the new call dragon shout and uh and some shout improvement cards and some lethal creatures and just playing the archer package with dragons and shouts and that's been a tremendous amount of fun so definitely been enjoying that game uh before i tell anybody about kind of like what 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 i'm exploring have you been playing some tessel as well what have you been what have you been messing around with
1: well um i managed to get back up to rank four okay. um on new year's eve oh wow okay uh, in Last, the last chance. in the last hour and a half oh wow okay yeah really uh, last I, chance i i kind of it was sitting around at new year's eve and was doing stuff with the family and i kind of was everything started like winding down and we were like Kind of sat down to watch a movie or something and uh it was just myself, my dad, my mom went to bed, my grandfather went to bed. It was myself and my dad, and my sister, and we were like gonna watch a movie. And I was like, oh crap. Uh I didn't get the rank four. Is that okay? Should I get to, to can I get to rank four in this amount of time? Is, is it okay if I drop to nine? God, I'm gonna be so irritated if I drop to nine. If I drop to <laughs> nine, I may never get back up to five. I may never find the motivation to do that. Dang it. All right, let me see if I can do it. <laughs> So I logged on, <laughs> and I was like, where am I? Oh, crap, I'm in the Serpent. Ah. And oh. I said, all right, um, you know what? There's no time to screw around. I need to go to my old standby. Got to go Token Crusader. Okay. And I booted up Token Crusader. And it, you know what it, really re- what it really revealed to me, one, Token Crusader is still incredible. Um, two, I was playing a slightly outdated build that wasn't running Wiley Kivas, so it reminded me to put Wiley Kivas in uh, oh, afterwards, yes. afterwards, after I already got there. I was okay. like, wait. I was, I, went, I was like, I never saw my Wiley Kivas. What the heck? In all these games, I never saw my Wiley Kivas, and I looked, oh, I didn't put them in here. No, they're <laughs> not even in this deck. They're not even in here. So Token Crusader, still very good. Doesn't need Wily uh, Kivas, apparently. Uh, well, Which is a really good part of Token Crusader. Yes. Uh, and it also reinforced to me I'm really good at Token crusader. Uh, that's that's your deck. That's my deck, man. I don't think like I think I lost like two games going up and one of them was uh, like like a mirror match or something where they had the ring. Like it was an aggro mirror where they had the ring. Mm. And It's just, like sometimes you can win those but you, I don't think you're favored. If you know in the aggro mirror with the ring and everybody's talked about the ring to death and I don't want to talk about the ring but like, you know bottom line is I won so much and there's a lot of complexity to crusader that like a lot of things to learn like when you pick up token crusader like i used to think oh it's such a good deck like you can just hand this to a newbie and i was like wait no there's a lot of um complexity especially comes in terms of ordering and it's just something that you pick up by playing a lot of token crusader so it was cool to be like you know this is why in all the other tournaments whenever i play in a tournament i would play token crusader and it's why in the tournaments that i did really well in people weren't banning token crusader you know (laughs) like my token crusader didn't get banned and i I think back to every game that i lost and this is true i hadn't played a lot of tournaments every tournament that i went to i took token crusader i never lost a round in which my token crusader was available to me like i never lost a, a tournament round in which i was allowed to play token crusader they'd either ban it or I didn't take it <laughs> uh, uh interesting yeah and so I was like man you know it's just kind of cool to have that like co- it's a little bit of a confidence boost to be like that's right like this is my this is my deck I can pull out Token Crusader and I can execute the strategies at a very high level and uh, it, remi- it kind of reminded me I haven't played Token Crusader forever because I've been in this like meme grind where I just meme to put things on YouTube you know Because, I mean, memeing is super fun, and I'm super into it, but, like, it reminded me, that's right, I can still play this game at a high level. Like, that's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's cool to find, uh, like, a a little bit of identity, right? (laughs) So it's like, okay, now, uh, like, and sometimes it's just good nostalgia-wise to just kind of, like, go back to a deck that you were familiar with, right? And and something that you were good at, especially if you're memeing, because as you're memeing and, and trying out new decks or just trying to make something win or just trying to complete quests, you can really begin questioning whether or not you are terrible at the game, yeah. um, and, and you're like, do I, do I, do I actually suck at this? Like, yeah. I, I've seen people win with beams. Why can't I'm a suck at this game? <laughs> and I think that when you go back to a standard deck that you're pretty familiar with, I have a pretty shim- similar experience when I go back to like older scout builds, um, which is why I like the reanimator deck because it reminds me some of the older scout builds, and that's kind of like that that feels a lot more like my bread and butter than most decks um mm-hmm. in fact we were talking about this a little bit on archon um because i really have since the battle mage meta struggled to to find my place in some ways because i've just never been able to figure out the optimal ways to play battle battle mage and we saw some really really optimal battle mage plays in the archon arena tournament the first weekend and mm-hmm. um and that was really cool to see like these really powerful really great plays and it was just reminding me how bad i am at actually playing that deck (laughs) just never being sure Uh, you know when you're like following lines and there's a dozen of them and you're like i would do this one for sure and then they don't do it and then they win because they didn't take your line it's like oh just a good reminder of the fact that i never figured that deck out very well um but speaking of archon so um the the presumably maybe one of the last tessel tournaments not real sure it is sponsored by bethesda so they are involved. They're giving out, um, I, I think they're helping out with some rewards, um, mm-hmm. for the, for the tournament. So, uh, El, Justin LMAO or LMAO, um, has launched a new brand called Archon arena. And this is, um, so I've, I've gotten it some chance to talk to him in the background on this. So this is like a, um, a, like a, a tournament uh, type of thing only. Right. So like, this isn't like his new brand. This is his, his sort of like tournament esports brand, and I guess there's there's not many sort of like esports team type things that are doing um, tournaments across multiple games or organizing tournaments across multiple games. So this is like his 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 you know toe in the water starting off probably at the end of Desel's life is one of the safest places to start. Um, mm-hmm. so he started a tournament. So it was this past Saturday, um, and then when you when this episode comes out, it'll be tomorrow is is the next qualifier, and then there'll be two more. So the four winners of the qualifiers will go into the finals and then the, the people, the four um, highest point totals will also be invited to the finals on week five, which I think is like one of the first weekends in February, in which there is a, initially a $50 cash prize for the winner. But then um, also a good deal of the proceeds from any tips or um, I don't know if it's subs or, or exactly what it is. Um, but different different things that will uh, bits and, and tips that come into the stream throughout the four weeks, uh, five weeks of the of the tournament um, will get then put into the pot for for the winner. So you don't really know what that's going to come out to. He'll probably announce that closer to the end. Um, but yeah, so that was been pretty cool. And, and DBN, you got a chance to play um, in week one of of that tournament. So what was that experience like?
1: Oh, it was really fun, and I I was glad that. I did, you know, we were talking about stuff. Um, I think I was watching your stream, and we were, you were talking about how you were going to cast. I was like, oh, that's really cool. I was like, you know, I probably can't make, you know, you know, because I, I was so used to tournaments starting at noon, and I have never been able to do things at noon on Saturdays because I either coach in the mornings uh, or I go to pick up and play ultimate in the mornings, and I'm never ready to get started at, you know, at noon, right? Um, sure. But then you mentioned it was at two o'clock, and I said, oh Mm it's at two o'clock i mean i i could play in it and then you were like yeah i mean there's there's not you know a lot of it doesn't seem like there's been a lot of people signed up and if they have and if people are gonna sign up they're waiting to the last minute and i was like oh well i'll sign up sure right and yeah You know i'll if i have to you know because the thing was i had work in the evening on saturday and so I knew if I went to the finals, I like I probably wouldn't. Whoever would have to scoop, and then I was which is why I was thinking I wouldn't do it. And I was like, well, who cares? It's not a big deal. Sure. I'll just scoop if I. will just forfeit if I if I have to leave, you know? <laughs> uh, And that's such a big if, anyways. So yeah, I was like, all right, I'll play, but I'm not playing seriously. I said I'm not gonna take the super meta try hard decks. And and note, this is not a uh, trying to insult anyone who did do that. Uh, kudos and i probably would have done that if i had time to prepare but i since i didn't since this was friday night at like yep, midnight yep, yep. yeah <laughs> i was like well screw it i'm not going to try to prepare it's not going to work anyways um i said all right so i'm going to pick 3 like off meta decks that i think can win
0: yes
1: <laughs> you know 3 off meta decks that i think I, I can win with and it would be good enough Maybe with the element of surprise, uh, and so I picked my bread and butter, which I genuinely think is an incredibly powerful deck. It's just really hard to learn the intricacies of. Uh, but my one of my favorite decks I've ever built. This is a completely homebrew. Is my cloak and Daggerfall, which is a Daggerfall mid range item list, um, which kind of combines some of the you know mid BM uh, tools, you know mighty contracts and, and stuff like that. But it combines it with the item packages and the draw packages of like enchanted plate, tone of alteration, alongside like master of arms. And then it just has very similar controls. Of course, like you still you get to add Sorcerer's negation, which BM doesn't have. And then you still have some easy removal. You have the shackles from Harvey. You have shackles from Mace of Encumbrance. So it does everything I think that um, that mid BM does. But because we're going over to Battle Mage, you get access to a ton of um, great item stuff. excuse me, because we're going to Daggerfall, we get a ton of great item stuff. And then um, can also include battle mage cards like Merrick and things like that. Um, um, And Sorcerer can, of course, filter in the the purple stuff, which gives you the draw off the enchanted plates. And just is this awesome cycle, uh, you can tutor things out with the Crucible Blacksmith. It's got a lot of one-of items, so mobilize items that I can drop on Curve if I want, you know, if it's just in my hand like oh i don't have a two drop well this is has mobilized i'll drop it down if i have items like um i need to shackle something i'll play crucible blacksmith i'll go grab Mason cumbers i need to draw i'll grab a tome or a plate i need to silence i'll grab my one copy of bone bow i need to heal i'll grab my is it not Dawnbreaker? uh dawn, dawn fang right sure. so it's just got this massive awesome toolbox that crucible blacksmith can go and pull from and i don't know i really love it i think it's good i think the deck um I think it requires a lot of skill to play, and really just a lot of familiarity with it to play optimally. But I was like, I'm gonna play that. And then I said, all right. Uh, and then and then you were like, you should play, uh, you should play Reanimator Scout. And I was like, all right, okay, well let me show, let me see your list. And so we, you showed me your list, and I was like, all right, let me make some changes, and then I'll play this. So I, I, I we kind of looked at it, and I, I brought the curve down. And actually, spoiler alert, I brought the curve down even further afterwards. I felt like I didn't have enough early game presence. Um, from the list that we even had. It ended up the one game I played with it, it ended up get, just getting overrun um by aggro. And it that's all right. It wasn't aggro was a bad matchup for me, anyways. I wanted to play mid-range and control. Uh and then my last deck uh was uh and and I was really hoping Neon Greensleeves would have been watching, but he it turns out he didn't, and he found out oh, later. No. I know, uh, was uh um Craggle Pants, which is basically um uh was it uh Doomcrag, um, doom crag doom right? thank you Doomcrag, vampire warrior and yes. using the black soul gems uh to get some hand buffs going for dinner necromancers and um uh the faded wraiths which is the draw package
0: we actually um, got one of your matches playing that and winning with that deck on stream um i think well, maybe we got you losing with it. I can't remember. We got one with you playing. I think
1: you guys, uh, you guys were spectating with, because uh, I played, I played it once and one. I think you guys were spectating that. And then I played it this, in the second match, and I ended up losing with it because like I drew through two thirds of my deck and never saw a uh, Doom a uh, doomcrag. Doom yeah, if I'd so. had it, I think I would have had that game too. Um, I think so as well. You had yeah.
0: all of the removal and no doomcrag. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I, was playing, I got to play Mary Wall of Storms, which is awesome because Mary is a is a super cool person um and has done a lot of stuff within the community. So we got to I got to play Mary and we went to a game three. Uh and then I was able to win with my cloak and dagger fall because cause Mary banned the reanimator um list, which I think was smart considering the lineup. But um it was fun, man. I I mean it was bit, and then I went to the next round and I, I went up against triple aggro and I think I made a mistake not banning um Robo spell sword so like robot uh, token uh-huh. spell sword and i made the mistake because i felt like i didn't have enough ways to remove supports and so what happened both games i banned a um, burn aggro face assassin which runs like blood sacraments and all that crazy stuff to just smork you down and my control decks didn't have a lot of quick healing and had a lot of slow healing so like necromancer's amulets and doomcrag uh, doom crag um, yeah,
0: which can often become overwhelmed by yeah. uh, by a burn assassin.
1: Right, and so it was between that and the spell sword, and the problem, and I almost stabilized against the spell sword with Doomcrag, uh, but I I I couldn't. I was looking for a Dushnik, but the, the issue was the um, the halls of the Dwemer. Halls yes. of the Dwemer came down on six both games, and I was just like, oh god, <laughs> you know. And so in hindsight, I think I would have put Shadowfins uh in the reanimator list i would have put shadow in my um uh cloak and Daggerfall. Uh, although i do have a, like one or two dushniks in cloak and Daggerfall, but that's not quite enough uh if i was yeah, gonna a 75 something card like that. Deck,
0: you need a little more removal for those supports right and i
1: think what i should have done is banned that and taken my chances against the assassin which can sometimes run out of cards before they can assemble all the all the burn pieces mm-hmm. um so I, I wish i'd done that they made that band choice but by the, by the time that game was over i probably had to be getting ready for work anyways uh, so perfect. it was cool it was cool anyways i got a match casted which i haven't done in over a year i haven't had one of my tournament matches casted it was fun i got to show up doom crag it was uh i had so much fun and you know i went back and actually watched uh, some of the casting uh and you guys all did a really good job it, it was it was a lot of fun it was a really fun environment of people just kind of talking and sharing their love of tesla and looking at all the cool games and stuff it just felt very much like man i, I miss this i wish we would have had this all the time you know yes. in, in throughout tesla's existence you know because i mean i think it was also I, I mean i very much like i felt like team Rankstar put on great tournaments i was involved in them you know but it was always like okay here's and, and warp meta you know, but I mean, think about like the situation of like all of those things were without support, you know, and you just start to wonder, like, what could have been had there been these tournaments and just, It just what it did is it reminded me how fun tournaments were, how great of a time the community members seemed to have had watching them, and they seemed to be having a great time in chat. And it just reminded me, because it's been so long since I've been able to participate in or even watch a Warp Meta event. But even then, by the end, everybody was getting all burned out on Invade and, you know, no sure. lack of knowledge. And then when Warp Meta, when the game news came out, the last Warp Meta was very bittersweet, you know? Um. So just, yeah, I don't know. Well, was, you exciting. know,
0: I think one of the fun things about it, right, is that Warp Meta was kind of the only thing that we had to determine what the meta was. Yeah. Um. And there was no pressure to, to figure out what the meta was during this. No. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It like a lack
1: of pressure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There was just like, hey, let's just get together and have some fun and play. <laughs> and, and, and people will play some tessel and, um, uh, you know, I, it was it was great. So I got the opportunity to cast. Um. Uh. LMAO asked me if I'd be willing to cast. So me and Elimeo and Sir Prook casted it. Um. There was, you know, with anything the first time you do something, there's some technical issues. So, um. Uh. LMAO was dealing with some technical issues in the background, and so. Most of the casting was done by Sir Prook and I and and I actually had a great a great deal of fun with that. Um just like trying to figure out how to pronounce people's names um (laughs) on stream, which I absolutely butchered, which honestly could I could probably start a YouTube channel of just me trying to pronounce screen names. Um and people would enjoy that because it's it's quite it's quite comical um because I just am bad at sounding out words. Um, I want to give a shout out to Windorm, who was the winner of the first round of the qualifier. Um did a really great job. That was the pilot of that incredible Battle Mage deck. Um just just running really solid decks and just just running them really well. And I think that the was the guy we were talking about who has like is a place in Russian tournaments and, and has not lost a Russian tournament since like Master Series or something. Um, has won all of them, like anyone, he's won it. And so um he is an excellent, excellent player, a very high legend player um as well. Um and it was cool. You know, we had a lot of I sort of expected most players who were playing high legend um to not be in the tournament and, and to not really show interest. But we had a lot of people who were really good players and content creators um who just love the game and just came to show up and play. And I had an absolute blast casting it. Um, I wish it's something that I was able to give, you know, five or five and a half hours to every Saturday. And if I could, I would, I can't, um, but it was something that was just really enjoyable. I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that my personality type um, being fairly gregarious, that it's a good fit for doing something like that because I I don't like awkward silence and I'll definitely fill a space. <laughs> um, and, and I like talking about it, but I also love joking about it and keeping things lighthearted. I'm not overly analytical. Um, so hopefully some people were able to sort of connect with me as a caster. I, I don't know if they were or not, but um, I know that I had a tremendous amount of undoing it. And, and I, one of my biggest pet peeves with casters is when casters get off subject and they're not talking about anything anymore. And so I was trying to do my best to not get too off subject. Um, <laughs> and, and I could definitely rabbit trail into like different stories. Um, here Here's a great, for example, um, something that uh, DBN doesn't know about me is I also used to boulder, um, but not in a climbing room. And, uh, I fell from like 35 foot up without any gear on. Ooh. Um, and, uh, my, my younger brother broke my fall and let me land on him. Um, and a week after I fell, another guy climbing without gear fell from the exact same place, um, landed on a rock and broke his back and had to be life flighted, um, and was paralyzed. Um, so oh I, I got really, really lucky. I climbed for like 35 minutes and and i literally was hanging on this rock until i physically didn't have the strength to hold on anymore and i felt my hands slip off as i was gripping with everything that i had and uh and came down that has nothing to do with Tesla, just like a little bouldering note and <laughs> and the reason i pucker up every time i try to climb a tree now um uh, so yeah <laughs> I feel like was, that made me a little bit nervous about it. i was like fearless with heights until that day when i fell off the top of that rock and and have been a little a little afraid of heights ever since yeah, I, <laughs> and I bet yeah, very I... thankful for my brother who ended up with a couple of bruised ribs but likely saved me from breaking both of my legs so <laughs> very thankful to my brother for that um but yeah so playing uh, being able to cast the tournament was a lot of fun I, i've never played in a tesla tournament i wish i had the time over the next couple of saturdays that i could afford to jump in and play and in, in one of um, the Archon tournaments, but definitely keep your ear to the ground um, for Archon. Right now, that's being streamed over Elimeo's channel, so you can find his Twitch channel. It is E-L-E-M-A-Y-O. Um, you can find his Twitch channel. I think it's twitch.tv slash Um But there is going to be an Archon arena um, channel, and he is planning on doing um, some MTG arena tournaments, potentially. Um, I think uh, some other stuff. I, I, he had talked about, I don't think there's anything concrete. Like he doesn't know exactly what they're going to do, but I think there's a handful of different games, card games, and other games that he'd like to sort of adventure into. So make sure you get out there and check out, um, Archon gaming, um, jump into LMA discord and check out that stuff, what he's doing there. Um, you know, definitely a, a good thing to check out, especially if you're looking for what games to move on to next. Um, because he's he's going to be doing some stuff in a couple of different games, and um, that's exciting to me. So yeah, it was an inconvenient time to relaunch a brand in Elder Scrolls Legends, but um, maybe the fact that the pressure was off and these can be some fun tournaments means that it was actually the perfect timing. Uh, you never know.
1: So. Yeah, hopefully. And I felt like the production value from what I got to watch, uh, was very very high. So. Um, oh yeah,
0: the stuff that he's putting out like graphically is absolutely fantastic. Yep absolutely fantastic there's some uh there's some glitches in the back end it's audio glitches got to get figured out i think and and he's been working steadily on that and uh and i'm helping him where and if i can um but he you know it the production of that is only going to get better so um i think that those will be fun tournaments to watch even if you're not playing the games that the tournaments are about because He'll have some fun people casting with him and um, it it should be enjoyable. I'm not even really sure who the casters are for this Saturday um, uh, and and who the players are. But I know that there's I think there's some returners from week one who are coming back to play again who didn't win. Um, So I I can't remember. Was it? Yeah. Was it uh, Doran Nostin? Dora Nostin? That's that's close enough. Um, who was, who was in the end and in the finals and, and we had a great series finals. Um, it, w- it was a fantastic finals. So um, had a tremendous amount of fun casting that. That's so good. yeah, hats off to Archon. I think that, that, uh, that LMA is a, a fantastic job there. Um, so we did say that this episode was for, you know, the drifters, the refugees, uh, the orphans of Tessel um, who are looking for a new place to go. So DBN, do you have any new games that you're really looking forward to, or anything new that you've been exploring, or spending a little bit more
1: time in. Uh, well, I've been—I mean, as I've always been, uh, besides Tesla, been playing Gwent and Mythgard, um, and Legend of the Five Rings, which I'm gonna say—I'm gonna just take a second. It's not a digital card game, but if you have a local shop that supports they have a legend of the five rings group it's right now it's my favorite card game maybe ever hmm. i will just i absolutely love it and unfortunately my clan just got the crap beat out of it in the recent balance update um, oh no I mean, it feels like we got both feet cut off it's really it's really rough uh they have what's called a they have a band list which is very very small like four cards on it uh and maybe it's actually i think it's more than four cards but bottom line is they have a band list of like six or seven cards uh and then they have a restricted list where in your deck you can only run one restricted card so if it's on the restricted list you can only uh-huh. run you can run up to however many copies are allowed um uh, but you can only have one restricted list card in your deck oh very interesting okay yeah i, under,
0: I understand what you're saying now I, I didn't understand it first i get it now
1: right um so banned just means you can't play it at all no matter what. Um and unfortunately one of my favorite um cards uh that was on the restricted list went onto the banned list, um which is rough. And then unfortunately also um of the there's basically kind of two, there was kind of two ways to play Crane, my clan. Mm -hmm. one was the one that i played which was the less popular one but the one that i felt suited my playstyle perfectly which my guy my restricted list guy got banned and so now it's kind of like well there's no point playing this list this deck anymore Uh, but the other one that i just sort of started playing which was the more like meta build um four of its cards ended up on the restricted list oh so you can only play one of those four yeah like four very integral cards and so now it's like it's interest. It's exciting in one fashion because I'm like, well, back to the drawing board. Who knows what we're gonna come up with? Sure. Uh, but it's also frustrating because it's like, oof. I mean, that that's a big, big nerf uh, to my whole to the clan, the faction. Yeah. But you know? the- I I casually play other factions, but I've never played in a tournament where I didn't play Crane. It's just, I mean, there's part of L five R. Part of the fun part is faction loyalty you know which is heavily encouraged you know um and so i mean i've been a crane for like since i started playing super super casually with my dad buying starter decks like in in like seventh grade you know um so i've been a crane for forever so it does suck when crane gets gets hurt but uh anyways all i'm gonna say is legend of the five rings is an incredible game and so if you're looking for a paper card game and you have a group nearby go check it out i'm sure those people will be able to be like. Loan you a deck so you can learn, but it's a very, very deep, very complex game, and your choices 100% matter. Like Mm. it's so there's so many lines and so many lines that are that are conceivably correct. You know what I mean? But they they have these rippling effects. It's just oh, it's a brilliantly designed game. So I'm just gonna throw that plug in there first. Um, but been playing Gwent, been playing Mythgard. That's nothing new. I can we can talk about those games kind of in summary if we want later. In the episode um but i also so i got messaged uh on twitter by a guy right after like a week after Tesla uh got canceled sure. um and the guy was like hey i came across your youtube channel and um thought it was really cool and uh but i did notice that you mostly support Tesla, and Tesla has just kind of gone out would you like to check out the, our game um and i was like um okay and i've messed the guy back well thanks for letting me know about it i'll check it out i don't know if i'll make content for it and i still don't um but i'll check it out thank you for bringing that to my attention i appreciate it right it's called world of myths not call of myth world of world myths. of myths yes i guarantee you haven't heard of it no uh, i don't think so it is a steam game okay um so if you can get it on Steam, it's free to download. Um, and I have to say, uh, graphically, it's not particularly impressive. Okay. Um, the user interface is a little bit clunky and I'm not a fan of it. Um, and the theme is just okay. It's, it's very interesting in one facet, which is basically you're controlling um, a mythology. Right, so the factions are mythologies. So, for instance, Greek, um, Japanese. So, right now, there's four, I think there's Greek, there's Japanese, and they're adding Egyptian soon. Uh, Greek, Japanese, Ooh, you can tell which ones I've played Mesoamerican. Yeah, it looks and- like maybe like Norse is Norse, and Norse. You know yes. yeah, uh-huh. yes. So, you can tell I've mostly played Greek and Japanese, but um, Mesoamerican is really cool too. I think Norse, it does not interest me personally from my playstyle perspective. But uh, I've been playing uh, that game more than I thought I would. Huh. Because from a game design perspective, it is so different from anything else out there. Like, it's fascinating. It really, really is. Basically, in short, you put units on the board, you can only have up to five units, and units have power, and they have endurance, and uh, usually between one and five. Sometimes the power gets higher, but endurance caps at five. And endurance is the number of times it can attack or defend against enemy or in conflicts. So if you attack, mm. it uses one of their endurance. If you defend, it uses one of their endurance. Right And occasionally sure. there's effects that can remove an endurance from a card. Um, but once it's out of endurance, it dies.
0: okay, and so, so it sort of like retires off the board almost.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they kind of your board cycles naturally, but kind of strategically using the endurance on your characters and understanding, okay, like if this character if this you know character loses an endurance, I won't be able to defend with them if I then want to be able to tackle my next turn, right? And so you assign your attackers and then your opponent assigns the defenders, kind of like in magic in many ways. Uh, but the cool part is that you target one of three temples that your opponent has, and each temple is the same. You know, Both players start with the same temples, the same health on each of those temples. But those temples, left, middle, and right, have different effects if you damage them. Every time you deal even just one damage, not destroy, But anytime you deal any amount of damage to them, you get an effect. And so if you damage their rightmost temple, your rightmost character gains an endurance. If you damage their leftmost temple, your leftmost character gets two attack. And if you damage their middle, they have to choose a character to die. And so it's this super dynamic situation where it's not just managing your board and your characters, you know, when they're going to leave the board, but also figuring out what advantages you can create by targeting the different temples and how your opponent will defend differently based on which temple you're going to attack
0: so okay so real quickly (laughs) we had a we had a moment delay there because i think my internet like dropped out for a hot second Uh so um i caught most of it but i i think the part that we may have missed um was the temple part so tell us real quickly about like just the temples, is that how you win the game, is by destroying yeah. your opponent's temples? Yeah, so there's three okay, temples, and,
1: how many... and once they die, once they're all dead, you win.
0: Okay, okay. So there's almost, but there's not lanes like we have in Tessel no. and some other card games. Nope. It's but, just, but the I'm looking at it right now.
1: Yeah, but the positioning does matter. So like in Hearthstone, being, you know, because first off, two of the temple effects, I'm not sure if you caught this. I don't think we caught this, no. So each temple has a different effect when you damage it. There's three okay. temples. So if you attack the middle temple, and e- you don't have to destroy it to get the spec, you just have to have at least one damage go through, right? Um, and if the temple gets damaged or destroyed, um, the effect will go off. And the middle temple, once you deal damage, your opponent has to choose one of their remaining creatures and destroy it. Um, so that one's obviously, yeah, but if you have a chunk blocker, like some cheap nobody, then it's not very appetizing to go after that middle temple, you know? Uh Um, And keep in mind, if your opponent's characters have one endurance, even if they have one really big guy with one endurance, if you attack that middle temple, either they defend and the guy dies from losing his last endurance, or you hit the temple and the guy dies because you hit the temple, right? Right sure so it's, it it, it can, you have to constantly be monitoring not just your board but their board to figure out which temples will they be willing to defend and which temples will they um not yeah, say yeah, I, don't care about yeah, I don't care right and sometimes you were like i don't want them contesting i just want to get the damage to it. sometimes you're like please contest i want you to burn endurance right um mm-hmm. and, and so the leftmost temple um when you damage it it get you get plus 2 attack to your leftmost character and if you damage the rightmost temple, you get one endurance on your rightmost character. So positioning the characters totally matters. Yes. Um, and, and and some of the effects there's some there's like a, a great uh, mostly Greek, but I think Japanese also has it. A keyword called center. And if there's a character, it gets a bonus of whatever the center bonus is, usually in, increased stats. Uh, if there's a character to the left and right of it, aka if it's on the center. There's yeah, also a, a flank one. So Greek has a lot of those guys blanking bonus if your character's on the edge they get a bonus um and so obviously you have neutral cards but you also have mythology cards specific cards typical faction cards plus neutrals right sure uh, but you also have leaders uh kind of like in gwent uh but the leaders are super cool because they have really pow- powerful and highly diverse effects mm. and they can be summoned to the battlefield to fight on your side for a turn And while they're on the battlefield, if your opponent can kill them, you lose the game, right? So it's always a risk reward. If I summon my leader, I can get whatever benefit. And some leaders, a lot of the Mesoamerican leaders really like to be on the battlefield. A couple of the Norse leaders also like to lead from the front, right? While some of the Japanese leaders never want to see the battlefield. They don't want to be at risk. They don't lend really much at all to the battle, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's just, oh man, it's fascinating, uh, you know, and, and, and some of the leaders, like, like the one I've really been liking is Amaterasu uh, from the, uh, the Sun Goddess uh, from Japanese mythology. I think, don't don't quote me on that, I'm not a mythology sure. person, yeah. uh, but I think that's yeah, Amaterasu, and what that one does is whenever you play a creature with a unique type, like a new unique tribal, it gets an extra endurance. And so I'm playing a deck with like five or six different types and playing those creatures. So they get, they stick around for even longer. Uh, Mm. And then I have cards that are payoff cards. Like I have this little uh, box spirit and the box spirit that comes down says, uh, you know, each creature with a unique type or no, it's give a creature plus one attack for each type you have. And then there's a priest that buffs everyone uh, for each, you know, everyone that has a unique type. And so it's all about having you know, managing your board of five creatures to have as many different types of creatures out at one time as possible, which is just super fun. But there's other builds that want to have all the same type of creature. And then like Ares from the, you know, the uh, God of War or whatever, wants to have, um, you know, always have flanking bonuses for their characters. It's just, oh, it's so cool. And it's so different from everything else that's out there that it's just, I mean, I I can't stop playing. it.
0: Huh. Well, I'm gonna be downloading that game tonight. Okay. <laughs> that's that's getting added to my Steam account. I'm gonna be checking that one out for sure. Yeah. Um that that I'm I'm just looking at it. So like I'm a big I'm big Norse mythology guy. I've I've read a lot about Norse <laughs> mythology. Like um in every like almost everything I do, I play a Viking type character. I'm a Nord in, in ESO. I'm a Nord in uh in Elder Scrolls Legends. Um, you know, like that the the Norse mythology has always been intriguing to me and mythology in general is intriguing to me. So um I'll definitely be digging on uh checking this out a little bit because um that's a theme that gets me out of bed, right? That's a theme yeah. that I want to check out for sure. Um, which I'm looking at. So the game that I have been checking out a little bit is one that I, I told people they shouldn't, but i needed a a walk down memory lane now i realize that this isn't the case for everybody but it is for me grew up playing magic The gathering i thought that's where we're
1: going yeah
0: and i've really (laughs) i've really been jonesing um to to uh not have enough lands to play the creatures in my hand so um i i I got my fix i downloaded um mtg arena and and started messing around a little bit on that so a couple of things to say One, I'm not going to be investing a significant amount of time, energy, or finances into MTG Arena. It is probably a more expensive game than what the other games are um, that I play. I've only played it a little bit, um, and and realistically, like you know, I I think they give you four or five starter decks that have some, you know, each have like a rare or two in them, and and they're basically a starter deck that you would you would just pick up in the store, standard starter deck. Um, And my knowledge of magic gathering and deck building from playing it for a decade um, has basically allowed me at the MMR that I'm at to to trash on anybody with the crappy cards that I have. Um, And so I've been playing like Black um, Vampires and um, a tremendous amount of fun playing that. And and I really enjoyed it. Um, But when uh, the thing that I thought was unique was we saw the Chinese client for Elder Scrolls Legends and it came with a battle pass. And I said, oh, I love that idea um battle pass seems super cool and then i got into magic The gathering arena and it also has a battle pass and if you own most of the cards and you don't mind spending money on a game then a battle pass looks really great if you don't own any cards and you don't want to spend any money on the game a battle pass feels horrible um so i will just say this i don't like it i i thought that i would but i do not like a battle pass in card games um Yes, it gives you more rewards, but jumping in, what I really wanted to be able to do is maybe spend four or five bucks or six bucks or ten bucks on um, a viable deck that I could, you know, jump in with and mess around with a little bit. And that doesn't exist in this. They want you to jump in on the battle pass to earn packs of cards that way. And it's not cheap to be able to do. Um, so it's not gonna be a regular card game of mine, but it is one that whenever I'm I'm bored with the games that I'm playing and I want to get that that little bit of that magic the gathering fix the game that i knew and loved so much i'll go play a really junky starter deck against you know other players who are new to the game and playing some starter decks and enjoy a a little bit of that i will say this they did a good job on the interface it's a really pretty game really pretty game um and if you don't know much about magic the gathering it's probably horribly confusing um i just like the concept of the stack how things go off, when you can play things, when you can't play things, all of that stuff probably would be very, very confusing. And I went through their tutorial and I was like, this is fine for me because it was maybe a little bit of a refresher, if not a little bit boring um, for someone who has been an MTG player. But if you're not an MTG player and you download this game, this tutorial really only scratches the surface of the complexity of Magic the Gathering um so i i don't know i earned a couple of packs on the game and i'll I'll probably go back and play it you know here or there it's not going to become a regular card game but until a couple of these other card games come out that i'm really interested in um i'm gonna i'm gonna play legends and dabble around on mtg arena a little bit so i know i said i wouldn't i wouldn't suggest it but if you're like me and you are an old magic the gathering player you know like late 90s early 2000s mtg player and i know there's some people who've been playing back since like the 80s late 80s but um if you're in that boat um and you don't play anymore and you don't own cards anymore you don't have anybody to play with um, downloading mtg arena just for nostalgia's sake just to feel the feel of playing that land and and putting out those creatures and choosing your blockers <laughs> was worth it i i i had a lot of fun with it so definitely gonna be checking out this world of Myth though because that Everything that you said about that sounds pretty intriguing.
1: Yeah, I will say the tutorial is not great. Like, no, the, the tutorials uh, for, well, I was talking about World of Myths. But, oh, World of Myths. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. the tutorial is not great. You're going to want to, if you have any questions, ask me. Uh, in fact, that goes for anyone. I, I do think the game is really cool. And there's a lot of depth. In, and I I want to make content for it, even though I know probably no one will watch it. <laughs> um, but i wanna kind of show people that the game exists because I think there's it's the it's the thing with mythgard too like I think mythgard is getting a lot of attention from t r s for some from some very visible people uh, namely eolus uh who uh-huh. was it was i mean eolus was a godsend to the mythgard team i i truly believe that um and got a lot of people including myself hooked on it i mean mythgard's a great game um and you know obviously people um are interested in that, you know, especially the people in our Discord and listeners and stuff, feel free to message me on that, ask me questions. Uh I don't post a lot in the our Myth Guard section of the Discord that we have. Um sure. mostly because I just kind of play and I'm not super I'm not super high up on the ladder. I got to gold and I was like, yeah all right. I'm gonna don't need to stress about it yet. Um but I am really enjoying it and I'm happy to answer questions about it. Um I do feel like their tutorial is actually quite good. World of myths um, but I, I will say is doing things with card games that i feel like a lot of other people aren't which is trying to do something different and original where i think mythgard is really doing a good job of taking the concepts that people like and really refining them and removing the problems inherent with you know um standard magica increase you know one mana crystal per turn which we've seen problems with in hearthstone and Tessel, um, but also yeah. dealing with the oh i have lands and i can't i can't afford things cuz i'm either you know mana starved or mana flooded because yep. it seems like there's only two states of mana in magic mana starved or mana flooded it's never um, perfect it's yeah um and so like really refining and 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 taking these concepts that everyone's familiar with and doing a great job at making it, solving those problems but still you know paying you know honor to the concepts where I think World of Myths is doing an awesome job, of just being wholly original and doing things differently, which I absolutely adore and respect the hell out of. So, um, yeah, I, I will say though, I did I played some Magic over the break. Oh yeah. Were you are you surprised to hear that?
0: I am very because you haven't been a Magic Gathering player at all, right? No, and I did
1: not play Magic the Gathering Arena. I played Magic the Gathering the paper version. Sure. Uh, <laughs> my uh, my sister. Uh, and some of her friends have started kind of doing magic and playing magic, uh, her boyfriend in particular. Um, and so my sister has been kind of playing as well. And so I sat down and I was playing with her when I went to my parents' house uh, for Christmas and stuff, playing some some of my old crappy, completely not legal decks uh, sure. and and kind of having fun with that. And we 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 both went and bought a starter deck and just yeah, were that's playing really starter decks against each other. I love doing that. Just buy a starter deck and play against each other and just with the starter deck and it's fine. That you know? may be
0: the funnest place that magic is. Like that that may yeah. be the funnest way to play magic in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Uh and then we all and then my uh, over New Year's I was hanging out with my sister and her boyfriend and we played like a three a three person magic game, mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun too. I won. I was very pleased
0: nice, as a nice. as a
1: card game content creator. I asserted my dominance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Showed them. Yeah. What's up? Right. Um, but I will say, as fun as the social aspect was, I just still don't like the game. <laughs> like yeah. the social part is the fun part, and, and I was just like, the game is bad. Like, I, I, fun maybe, nostalgic probably, but I feel like I feel like Magic at this point exists only because it was first. And had it been anywhere else along the competitive card game lines, would have died by now. The land system is just bad. It's just not good. You know, and that that's the primary thing. I mean, half your deck are don't do anything interesting, you know? And half yeah, I... your deck, you know, it's just, oh gosh, there's a reason why Matt when Hearthstone came out. It, it just said, well, we're just going to solve that by everyone gets one mana crystal. They don't have to spend cards on it. I don't know. I just, I mean, I can certainly get why people like to play it, especially at the hobby stores and stuff like that. It's sure. the same reason I go to play L5R. It's, I mean, besides L5R being a strictly superior game, uh, go in there and play with friends and have fun. And the social aspect is incredible, you know? Um, and I think there's a lot of that to offer for Magic. It's a great gateway card game, in my opinion. You know, it's kind of, I think the basics are easy to pick up, you know? Yeah, there
0: is. <laughs> the, the biggest issue with The gathering is the complexities of the stack. And if you're not familiar with men's gathering, yeah. you don't know what the stack is. This is basically the sequence of events that causes actions to happen as you play cards from your hand. And this gets down to the nitty gritty of was a colon placed before the mana cost or after the mana cost? Is there a black, like a filled-in circle on the mana cost or a blank circle? Like little intricacies like that make the difference of how a card is played and what priority it has on the stack over other cards, Um, which is crazy. Like these little teeny intricacies just in the way that the card is typed that make the difference in the way that the card is played. Um, there is a significant amount. Now, if you just want to grab a couple of starter decks, sit down learn the rules from the from the guides and play a couple of games it is a good entry level game it's a lot of fun and it's easily accessible um Mm -hmm. but outside of that like for me it it's a it's a nostalgia thing um you know i played a ton of magic with my friends growing up you know every weekend grabbing our decks suboptimal terrible deck sitting down you know playing my vampire deck playing my beast deck playing these these decks that I love my buddy, you know, Joe had his goblin deck, my buddy Hunter had his, his like um, control blue mill deck that everybody hated. You know, we got together <laughs> and, and we played our decks every, you know, all the time. And that it was so much fun. And, and I would, you know, pour out my collection on the ground and I would sort through it and organize it and then, and, and build a couple of decks and then play against myself just to like get some time testing out decks and stuff. And, and as a kid, there was so much fun involved in that, in, in the there was so much creativity, which yeah. spurred me to love card games. <laughs> and and so walking back into it, even just like just, t- just putting a finger in it, right? Um, was really enjoyable. It's too expensive to keep up with. I won't keep up with it, but um, just for nostalgia's sake, sometimes it's good to go back to something that makes you feel like you're in seventh grade again, you know, um, and so I, I enjoyed, I really enjoyed that. But one of the games that I'm really excited about is uh, another game that has myth in it. And that is a game called Call of Myth. This is a game that's being put together by a, an international, a small international team that is working on a Cthulhu themed or Lovecraft mythos themed card game, digital card game. Um, that is going to be coming out hopefully in <laughs> hopefully in beta sometime in 2020 and coming out formally in 2021. Um, this this game is is beautiful. It looks great. Uh, if you like the Cthulhu Mythos, it's right up your alley. I personally didn't know anything about Cthulhu Mythos until I started getting into board gaming, and um, really love the Cthulhu Mythos now. And I I don't I've never read Lovecraft's books, um, but I love the theme of the horror and the madness and the betrayal. And the unspeakable monsters, and the old gods, and the the quirky investigators, and um, sort of like the old timey feel of, of like the I don't know early 1900s or something. I don't know when it's set. Um, but it, it it's it's a lot of fun. And um the the cool part is is that the 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 genre, the IP intellectual property. Um, is open source so anybody can use it, which is why you know there's basically a board game of every variety from every publisher now in the Cthulhu Mythos because it's a theme that people absolutely adore and they want to play in that you don't have to pay for. And so on um, the Call of Myth team is putting a card game together for that. I've been spending some time in their discord and and uh, I'm really excited about that game coming out. That's one that I'm really looking forward to um, in this next year. hopefully, if they put out a beta, I can kind of get in on that and check it out because it looks it looks like a lot of fun.
1: Um, Yeah, I've looked at it. Uh, Not super in-depth. It seems like every time they put out promotional content for it, the board is, like, stuffed full of cards, and I have no idea what the heck is going on. And it seems like there's, like, 17 actions going off at once. It seems like a high APM game, and, like, decking out your opponent might be a core component of it, I've heard.
0: I hope not. I know that's the
1: case with... um the
0: other game or casa oh maybe um, i'm mixing was, that was up. was decking out yeah casa was decking out your opponent now color myth does have a confusing looking board because it has multiple lanes not left and right but up and down kind of like gwent does yeah so you have a front line and then you have a gunslinger lane oh. and so you you can play gunslingers in the back lane and then like melee characters in the front lane and then you have versatile characters that can be played in either the gunslinger oh, or the Versa melee system lane. did that
1: like a long time ago yeah so they had that, they had a front lane and a back lane. If you had range, you could be in the back lane if, you know, or the front lane. And then if you had flying, you could attack their back lane.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. I wonder if they So had fly.
0: There's some of that. And I think there's like a couple of different factions. There's like the old gods, the outer gods, the cultists, maybe, and and the humans. And I can't remember exactly what it is, but I, I think that's interesting because you could kind of you know get in with, with one of those. So um I, you know, I I think the call of myth looks intriguing to me one of the cool parts is is this is different than almost any other card game that i've played and that is you have an attack a health and a sanity and Mm -hmm. cards can deplete your sanity and when your sanity gets depleted i think that you can like turn into another card actually Mm -hmm. um and you can kind of go insane or like negative things can go off for you so you're trying to like i i just think that's cool I, I I like that they've integrated the sanity, which is a major major oh, yeah. component in any Cthulhu Mythos game. Um, so the fact that they brought sanity in it in a unique way, I I think could be really fun. Yeah. They really honestly have released very little about the game except for artwork. They've they've put out like a couple of like images of like the boards, and the boards do look confusing, but they're not really explaining anything that's happening. Yeah. What they have put out is a good many images of the artwork, and the artwork oh, right, is good beautiful yes gorgeous i hope that they can create a good um a good interface and stuff for it because that's a game i'll definitely check out Uh, here's now here's a card game that i did play and i've never talked about on the show and i don't know if you know this um it's called age of sigmar champions if you have you ever heard of or checked out that game at all dvn definitely not So Age of Sigmar Champions is a card game in um, the 40k universe. Uh, Um, So the Warhammer universe has a 40k universe and then they have a Sigmar Age of Sigmar universe, which is their fantasy version of 40k. And so here's the only thing I'm going to say about it. This game has a pretty unique mechanic in that as you play cards, you play them to one of four lanes and you each have four leaders And you're trying to eliminate your opponent's leader. So there's four lanes with four leaders, and you can play one card to each lane. And when you play a card, it has four corners on it. And at the start of each of your turns, your cards all rotate once, like 90 degrees. And whatever corner comes up goes off. And so that could be an attack, that could be an ability, that could be a heal something's going to happen when it turns to a new corner until it finishes turning corners and then retires. And you can't replace it with a new card until the card retires. And they have like between two and four corners on each one that do something. And so you can play it quick. It is an interesting game. It was super buggy. Whenever it first came out, I played it for a little while, but it was buggy enough that it didn't work real well. So I quit playing it. But if you do love age of Sigmar, because there are some people out there who just diehard Warhammer fans, if you're yeah. if you're a diehard Warhammer fan and you love Age of Sigmar, Age of Sigmar Champions is another card game that you can check out because that might be one that interests people. One of the really cool things about that game is you can it's a physical card game as well, so you can go out and buy physical card packs and play the game physically, and then every single card you can scan in using your camera on your phone, and it will add the physical card to your digital collection.
1: That's cool. So like I, I mean, I almost wish Mad- Magic did that. Oh, yes. Although, I think you can, if you buy a starter deck, I think you can scan that and you get the starter deck cards in the game.
0: Because I thought I saw that on the
1: back of the starter deck that I bought for. Magic. Yeah.
0: Well, like, imagine if they did that with, like, Legend of the Five Rings, like, a Fantasy Flight came out and made an L5R digital implementation.
1: Oh, my God. And you could
0: scan your L5R cards in to have copies of them in the digital game. Like, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean, it won't happen, but that would be cool. That would be very cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, you can play uh, Legend of the Five Rings online on this website called Jigoku. Um, okay. If you ever, if people want to go try it out and take a look at it, you can. I mean, you can play, find a match. In a, it's basically a publicly made fan project for, and it's a major, like they run leagues and everything. Like you can play Legend of the Five Rings totally online if you want. I just think you're missing out a little bit. And sure. You think the game is in my opinion best in person like i think most games would be if you could play them that way Um, it's also kind of a tough game to pick up and learn if you're playing if you're like finding matches with people but if you wanted to play with a friend you know that would be a good way to play i will say i want to kind of return to the to the call of myths uh thing i'm interested to see what's up with that i try in the end i try most card games even if i'm skeptical just because i love card games and i also i'm more and more, I'm finding myself myself just fascinated by design and what it's what it takes and like what, what is involved in like these different design choices and and the kind of ripple of effect that that has on the game itself, uh, which is why games like World of Myths, I find so intriguing because there's so many different design elements than other games. Um, it's like when I've seen something before, I it's like yeah okay I've seen this before, and then when I see someone do something new, it's like this is awesome. That's partly why I like Mythgard so much. Sure. Um, but I will say, one of the things about like the, the like the, with the Lovecraftian horror uh, genre, I have not read much. I've read exactly one short story, The Music of Eric Zahn. It okay. was really good. It's a short story, so you can read it. And I'm pretty sure it is like a prelude to all of the Lovecraftian horror mythos, because I'm pretty sure like nothing really happens that like diehard fans would be like, oh yeah, this is totally X, Y, and Z. Like there's no lore involved in it. It's just kind of a horror short story that you don't really understand why it's scary, but it's scary, right? Uh-huh. It's like a taste. Like the whole point of it is it's supposed to be like a taste. Um, like the, the the main character, the protagonist, gets a taste and like dips out, right? Um, but uh, I, I will say like I, I played Bloodborne, which I am to understand is very heavily Lovecraftian-influenced. And I absolutely adored Bloodborne. And I also really like aberrations in Dungeons and Dragons. Like I really wow. like running Mind Flayers and Aboleths. I really love Aboleths, uh, for those who are familiar. Um, I like uh, you know, Elder Brains and and cool things like that. Um, and so I feel like I'm interested in the kind of like psychic horror thing but what i found is the when i have enjoyed it and when i found it to just be excessive has been when it is narratively driven mm-hmm. because i think like i mean that's kind of what like stephen king does in horror which is like you don't don't you don't see the bad guy really for most of the the thing right or it's it's the it's the anticipation that's the scary part right but like i almost wonder if it's going to get taken away the whole idea of it's unknowable. It's it's chaotic. It's driving you crazy, and like it's it's this giant, you know, mental thing. And you're playing the cards, and oh, look, here's the thing, and it does exactly this. Because in almost all in almost this weird way, it seems to c- completely contrast with the idea of, or at least what I understand, the idea of the kind of cosmic horror is, which is the idea of not knowing, right? Sure, sure. And there's, if there's I know exactly on, what's on uh, the card. If I know what's on the card, there's no question of not knowing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I feel like they're going to have to do something to really make that come across to almost have a narrative element to the cards, or else I feel like it's going to come off odd. And that, like, I've played a couple of cosmic horror, like, board games, and it's always been like, well, the game could be really fun, but I don't know if the theme fits quite as well as it does when you're weaving a story around it. You know?
0: I mean, this is why one of the best. One of the absolute best board games out is uh, Mansions of Madness Second Edition, and the reason for that is this is a Cthulhu themed board game where you're exploring a mansion, but you are choosing a scenario because you're playing together as a co-op. You're mm-hmm. choosing a scenario from a, an app, and then the app runs the runs the game and narrates everything for you. And so there is this this sense of exploration and this sense of the unknown. Every time that you play the game um, that uh, that is just it keeps bringing you back because you're just not really sure what's going to happen next. You don't know what's inside that room. You don't know what room lies beyond this. You don't know what type of monster might spring if you go through that window or if you make that decision. And there's a sense of the unknown, and then you get this big box full of all these crazy looking monsters, and you almost never even pull them all out. But you know, if you just go through the wrong door at the wrong time, one of those big bads is going (laughs) to come out. And 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 all of the statistics for all of the monsters are hidden in the app. They're not on a card in the game. Yeah. So you can't just pull out. So what they do and the actions that they take are hidden in the app. So you don't know until the app tells you, and it might change what it does next time you encounter that creature. So. they've really captured the narrative of it so i agree with that my question for call of myth is really like are you people are going to check it out because it's cthulhu but if they're not able to capture that narrative of the card game which they probably won't be able to they're only going to stick around if it's an excellent game sure Sure. and if it's an excellent game with fantastic artwork with a theme that gets people to click the download button just to check it out then I think that the the game really does stand a chance because the theme of the Cthulhu game really will draw people in. So I hope that it's successful. It's definitely going to be one of the games that I personally am going to be checking out. And a a little announcement, one of the devs from the game are going to be on the show for an interview in the next week or two. That's
1: awesome,
0: yeah. Yeah, they're going to be coming on and talking a little bit about the game. Um, And in fact, you know, it would be awesome if even someone from this World of Myths if they wanted to get on and talk a little bit about their game, you know, to raise a little bit of awareness about the fact that it's out there, that could be cool too. Yeah,
1: so, I could probably reach out to the guy.
0: Yeah, that's our hope is to help, you know, Legends players really move on to some new games as DBN and I both sort of explore some new games. Um, which the last, I mean, maybe one of the last announcements is, you know, that there we are going to be getting a big announcement about um, Legends of Runeterra, um this week, I believe. So um, yeah. Riot games just released that they're gonna be they're gonna be putting out information on TFT, on League of Legends, and on Legends of Runeterra Terra this week. And so hopefully by the next time we record an episode, there'll be some conversation around exactly, you know, when the release is going to be for the beta and how you can get in on that and what that's gonna look like.
1: Yeah, so. I, I'm excited to actually play it. I've watched a lot of videos, uh, but I didn't get in onto the last one, uh the last beta. Sure. Which was, you know, I gotta be honest. I was very surprised that there wasn't a question on the thing that said, "Are you a streamer or content creator?" Because normally there is, and that's how I get into all the betas. Sure. Yeah, yeah that's how you. I, was yes, really I am. I was really bummed that I couldn't say that and then get in. You know. Yeah,
0: I, you know, I think that there's a. They'll, they'll be, they'll be put, they'll be thrown a wide net the next time that yeah. they release beta keys. I'm sure. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I was hoping they weren't going to wipe it, but I've never been in a beta for a game, so I guess I should get used to multiple wipes of my collection.
1: I mean, and they'll tell you when they're not going to wipe.
0: Okay, and then you can be like, okay, I'm best now. Yep. I think
1: I I think I threw five bucks their way, which I have no problem with. Well, I think they usually, I I think they usually will refund that in like packs or gems or whatever the currency is, if you spend money. That's that's the industry standard, anyways. um, Is if you spend that stuff, they basically give you the equivalent in new resources usually packs
0: Sure, that way you didn't just throw the five bucks away and have your account wiped
1: yeah when gwent reset when gwent did did the hard reset to gwent homecoming i basically crafted everything in monsters the entire faction oh wow it was awesome it was so awesome (laughs) (laughs) like that's the only faction i have every card for at this point you know and i've spent money Gwent is one of those ones. I mean, I know that's kind of off topic, but I, for the record, I love Gwent, and I was really excited when DT Blade started making Gwent videos. You guys can go check that out. I also drop a Gwent video every week, but it's not about me. All right, uh, DT Blade <laughs> is dropping Gwent videos, and he's just as into monsters as I am, which is awesome because monsters is the best faction. Uh, suck it, really? all the other factions. Yeah, um, yeah get out of here. Yeah, get out of here. You all suck. Eat uh, dirt. Eat, eat dirt. dirt. Now, that's <laughs> what monsters do. Uh,
0: we will eat
1: flesh yeah um but no uh you know i will say my major criticism of gwent is that once you have a baseline collection right packs are super generous to build the collection but they are really bad at finishing it Mm. which just kills me um and so like you can get enough to play and build lots of different decks because the commons and the rares you get like candy. You know, okay. um, but getting completing the epics and completing the legendaries is just a chore, and I, I don't play a ton, um, but I do play a couple games at night, you know, and I'm like, these legendaries are killing me because the legendaries are so important to the archetypes that it's like, if there's like three or four legendaries per faction per set, and there's six factions, you know, and it, it, you just it, I I mean, and, and the, the drop rate's not incredible, you know? The drop rate's like 1 in 30, I think you're guaranteed at that point, right? Similar to Hearthstone. So it's like, it, it definitely feels a little frustrating to be like, well, I have no, like, if I open these packs, I have no use for any of these cards. I'm going to end up dusting the entire pack, right?
0: Yes, because you're trying to save up to get those legendaries.
1: Yeah, but it's, and, and, and that's the thing that I felt about, like, Tesla was to be like, you know, if, you, if you're getting, even if you have a baseline collection, you'll still be finishing out your play set of rares, your play sets of epics, right? But, yeah. like, with went because you, it, two copies is a play set of your bronze oh. cards, com- commons and rares, two copies is a play set, and for epics and legendaries, one copy is a play set, oh, wow. which means... You know, you finish your play sets of your bronzes and rares really fast. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then you have to get one of each of all of the epics and legendaries still.
1: Exactly, yeah. Mm. And it's just, it's tough to finish my collection. I've been getting a little frustrated with that. Although the game is, the gameplay and the deck building is still fantastic. I mean, it's not enough for me to get angry enough about the game. I really just need to play more and finish my collections. But it also means with Gwent, I highly recommend focusing on one or two factions like i focused on two factions predominantly and i really want to be playing a third but i i play monsters and scoyotel and i really want to play nilfgaard but dang it if there's so many legendaries i don't have in nilfgaard Ugh.
0: Mm. Ugh. yeah hard hard to branch over into that yeah well, that, that, i mean in most card games if it's not going to be your primary card game i do recommend also sort of like if it's your secondary one especially like just aggressively dust and get a deck that you like and that you can play when you're bored with the primary game that you're playing you know um and Tessel will continue to be a game that i play in the background although you know hopefully i'll find a game that i love in 2020 that's kind of the goal a new card game that's going to be in active development in 2020 that i love and Willing to explore some options to be able to find that. Um, we've been going for almost an hour and a half here, man. I'm, I'm feeling like maybe we should, uh, maybe we should sign out. This was sort of like a in-between episode. Like we're probably yeah. gonna find a game that we can agree on it. that We want to make consistent content for. So we're gonna be doing some, hopefully, some interviews with some smaller games and some games that are in development over the next couple of weeks to a month or so. And then once we get a feel for where we want to go, we're going to be changing over not the name and not the RSS feed, um, but we are going to be changing over some elements of the show, um, probably uh, the logo and artwork and things. Um, And we're going to be moving on to a new season of Legends cast in which we are going to be covering a new game. And we're not 100% sure what that is yet because we don't know what game both me and, and DBN are going to fall in love with. And that people will actually consume content for cuz even if we both love the same game if no one cares about it I'll, yeah we we ain't wasting our time making a podcast about yeah. it Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll just text back and forth and play it yeah yeah uh, <laughs> and, and that'll be fine for the two of us we don't need to spend hours a week recording about it so um hopefully we find a game that's good to make content about and uh and and that'll happen here early in 2020 um anything that you want to say man before we well i you know what i have a closing thought can i give a closing thought Yeah, dude, do it. So I've been talking about this in the new year with some people. I know that most, you know, there's a lot of people who aren't hot on New Year's resolutions. I'm pretty big on New Year's resolutions, and I've only really begun to get big on them in, in the last couple of months. I like to take some time at the end of the year to reflect on the previous year, sort of like, what the heck happened this past year? Did I do well? Did I do well? Did I reach my goals? Did I reach my goals? And then I look to look into the new year and forge some goals. And, and there's two reasons for that. One, there's a famous philosopher who said this, and I don't remember who it is. It might be like Kukagard or something. Um, but my 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 boss, my senior pastor, often says this, and he says the unexamined life is not worth living. Um, which has has really rung true with me and stuck with me. And that's why I try to take time at the end of each year to examine my life. And the other thing he he commonly says is that um, we often overestimate what we can accomplish in a day and underestimate what we can accomplish in a year. And um, I think with New Year's resolutions and plans for the next year and a fresh start, we often try to accomplish too much in a day whenever we have the year ahead of us, um, if we are intentional and purposeful about sort of pacing ourselves and and pursuing things over a long period of time, which millennials and post-millennials are horrific at, just awful at, you know, persevering at one thing over a long period of time. And so I don't, I I think my encouragement is in my, in my closing thought is like, look back at 2019, even if you're not a resolution setter, like take time to reflect on who you were and who you want to be. Because most of us have an ideal picture of who we're going to be when we grow up, no matter how old we are. And if you're not doing the things that will allow you to become that individual, then begin examining your life and and looking at the incremental changes that you can make in the new year in 2020, because you will probably grossly underestimate what you can accomplish in the next 12 months. The the next year can be completely and totally life-altering and transformational for you if you will be intentional about making that happen. And so I think my encouragement is like reflect on reflect on 2019. 2020 is a big year. um, Reflect on 2019. Look forward into and if you get the chance, reflect on the last decade and then look forward into the next year and the next decade and really get an image in your head in your mind's eye for the person that you want to be in 2030 and um, and begin like looking intentionally doing some life planning and and how you've been making that happen in 2020. Um, I know that might not be like the most popular thing in the world, but I'm big on life planning and I'm big on intentionality when it comes to life planning, because I think that far too many people float, um, and 15 or 20 years evaporate and you're not sure how you got to where you are. Um, I never want to come to a part in my life where I'm unsure about how I arrived there. Everywhere I go in my life, I want it to be intentional. Um, I want to have gotten there because I intended to get there, got there. And because I got there on purpose. Um, and you don't get to any place on purpose unless you know where you're going. So examine your life. The, un- the unexamined life is, is not worth living. And you will overestimate what you can accomplish today, but underestimate what you can accomplish in a year. So set some goals for, for the new year. That's my closing
1: thoughts. a well, little bit of wisdom. I love it. It's all it's all correct. Um, all I have to add to that is that new year's resolutions don't just have to be about fixing problems that can also be about setting goals for exciting things that you want to do hey i've I always wanted to go do this let's make I'm that a resolution it. You re- resolutions the root of that is resolve which is, means a decision you know and a, a willingness to make something a reality so you know you can resolve to fix something but you can also resolve to go do something really cool
0: so yeah sure so my i'll just share real quickly my new year's resolution I'm going to be a more uh, attentive husband, um, a more present father. I want to read 18 books, finish five terms of seminary, um, start a, a, a new um, uh, sort of organization that's reaching out to content creators and investing in content creators. So sort of like the grassroots of that are beginning um, in the beginning of this year. And I'm, I'm starting to get that off the ground. Um, and, you know, uh, it's something that I just really want to do this year is go to Gen Con this year. So I'm going to make that. Oh, so happen. cool. going to make that happen. So, you know, Hey, your new year's resolutions don't have to be anything like mine, but uh, hopefully you have some sort of goal, even if you're not calling it a resolution. Oh, and my other one is just to get under 200 pounds and stay there. <laughs> so you're going to have to stop eating handfuls of gummy bears and cake. So, that oh,
1: that's not going to do it for you. <laughs> no, no
0: that's, that's not helping me get there at all. Oh, um, uh, well, Okay, well, DBN, how can people get plugged in with what you're making, man, with the content that you're putting out?
1: Yeah, well, I'm taking a hiatus from Twitch, but hoping to get back to it once I get in a steady uh, kind of routine with my job. Uh, starting a new job next week. Uh, you know, thoughts and prayers and whatnot. It's definitely going to be a transition. Um, but uh, I am definitely still putting out plenty of YouTube content for right now just for Elder Scrolls Legends, Gwent, and Mythgard. One video a week each. Of course, occasionally, like when I get sick, the schedule gets disrupted, but you can expect that. Um, so uh, that's uh, Deadbroke Nerd on YouTube. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitch in the hopes that I start that back up at switch.tv slash Nerd, And again, I, I totally intend to get back to it because I love my Twitch community. I just had to stop while I was getting my life in order. <laughs> um, and then you can also follow me on Twitter at Nerd um you can see what i have to say about all sorts of things gaming related and not gaming related sometimes sports related rip my dallas cowboys um and uh yeah that's it It, also if you you guys ever want to message me on discord or ping me on something especially in our legends cast discord i'm always if you want me to see something this goes out mostly to our discord people if you if you're hoping i'm going to see something don't hope just ping me and i'll look at it and respond um but uh, I, don't, I don't always get time to fully scan everything, uh, but I'm happy to see what you guys have and what you guys are up to. And uh, more importantly, if you guys have any questions about any of the games that I am familiar with, I may not be the best person to ask, but I can certainly give you the best answer that I have. Um, and uh, I'm happy to help out. Wasn't that, That's great.
0: Um yeah, if you if you want to get connected with me, um join our Discord. Uh just Google Legends Cast Discord and you should be able to find it. It's not hard to join. Um if you're in a, a, a rough season of life, you need someone to talk to, someone to pray for you, someone to listen to you, reach out to me over Discord or email me at eslegendscast at gmail.com. Um outside of that, I am streaming a little bit on and off at this point. Um streaming a little bit of Elder Scrolls Legends. This is gonna be streaming um, Terra when it comes out, I'm streaming mostly Elder Scrolls online right now when I get the opportunity. Um, and I will be streaming our, our Burning Wheel campaign, um, which is my RPG group. I just finished setting that up. We are going to be streaming, well, our first stream will be over by the time this releases, um, but basically every other Thursday night from about like, I don't know, 8.30 or so p.m. Uh, EST until about midnight EST. We're gonna be streaming two two and a half to three hours of of Burning Wheel, which is a like a hyper realistic um, RPG. So um, I'll include some stuff in in on my Twitch channel about that. My Twitch channel is um, Twitch.tv/the113lift. Um, that's probably gonna change in the next couple of months. I'll let you know what the new name for that is gonna be. Ooh, rebranding. Mm. Yeah, yeah, probably gonna move over to to some of the stuff that I'm doing for reaching out to content content creators. Um, so. Um, we'll, we'll see what that looks like okay so that's that's it for me get, get connected with me there i'm tired
1: it's yeah almost I'm thirsty. It's, almo-
0: it's almost midnight yeah my throat's dead so yeah <laughs> that's gonna do it for us here at legends cast um we'll probably be back next week um i i hope to be back on a weekly basis at this point me too. Um, yeah it, it could be it could be a little less frequent with DBN starting his job and me getting back into school until we find the thing that we're definitely going to weekly podcast about. I think we both feel pretty committed to going back to a weekly show. Um, We just have to figure out exactly what that's going to look like. So just stay tuned into the normal channels and stay subscribed to the podcast to get notifications. That's going to do it for episode number 26 of legend cast. Come back and join us next time. Thanks for listening to legends cast. This episode wasn't sponsored by anybody. So if you want to sponsor Legendscast, email us at eslegendscast at gmail.com. If you want to show your support, you can leave us a rating and a review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.